listeners to the Common Briefing Program. This is the Common Geeking Program's news-oriented segment, where each month we recap the hottest headlines in geek culture. Um, My name is Colin Ketchin. I'm your host. And recapping the month of June 2019 in geek culture, I am joined by... Me, Austin. I'm here once again. It's the same crew, though. It is. It's the same crew, but uh, but if we do you guys backwards, then it's like sufficiently different. Is it though? It's, if we I do mean, it this way, it spells car. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. I hadn't thought of it that way. Thank you. Oh, it's like how in a video game they're like, "Hey, we want to make a new level, but we don't want to take up more disk space, so we'll just start you on the other side of the map." That's what we're doing. It's the other side of the map. Ryan, how you doing all the way over there up on that hill on the other side of the map? Oh, I mean, I don't know. It's a slightly different color, and some of the enemies are red (laughs) instead of green, but I don't know. It's, like, fine. I would say, I mean, I like this level. I guess playing it again in the reverse order is fine. (laughs) Uh, We have one hour to summarize what we think are the most important or impactful stories. Um... June had E3 and WWDC and a lot of different stuff, so June is jam-packed with stuff. Uh, We're going to just try to bring you the things we think are the most important, and at the end, we are going to vote on our top story. So before we jump right into things, how are how are you how are you two doing today? It's been a month since the three of us congregated. What's up? Oh jeez. Uh, <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> the it's been, uh, a, it's been a hard June for Austin. <laughs> It just suddenly got very warm. That's I don't know. It's uh, it's been all right overall. I don't know. There's some crazy shit going on in the world. In the world is um, broad. About as, <laughs> yeah. I think as broad as most conversations can get without being. You are a philosopher, so I suppose that's uh, sort of the name of the game. <laughs> I'm a student. Um, yeah, but I like to say I'm friends with a philosopher because it makes me seem more oh, important. God. You know, but but isn't a philosopher all about being a student of life and even death. So you're always going to be a student. You'd think. <laughs> but, like, there's a kid in my program who just uh, posts a bunch of Ben Shapiro shit on Facebook. So, like, oh, you know. Okay. So you can't make any really uh you need to study up on your obi-wan prequel quotes so you can be like you were supposed to use these powers for good <laughs> something like that you're supposed to use this philosopher powers for good <laughs> not evil you were supposed to you were supposed to argue real good and for good yeah you're supposed to uh, think just... about why we exist in a good way you were supposed to destroy the trolls not join them yeah and God. nobody <laughs> can even agree on whether or not they the, the trolls exist so it's just a, it's a real shit show. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you start talking to this guy like, why are you a bad guy? And then it's like, your teacher's like, well, what is a bad guy? And you're like, fuck. <laughs> God damn, every fucking time. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, other, I, like, it, for me, the summer is relatively boring just because I am, I'm not doing that much this summer. Next summer, I should be teaching a class, which will be wild. But uh, yeah, not so much this summer. I'm just like, doing my daily running and keeping the apartment clean and uh i'm reading some hp Lovecraft. hp lovecraft which is just it's the puppy version (laughs) 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 oh no Um, the the secret of the abyss (laughs) yeah and uh 
I don't know. It's, there's some shit. I, E3 happened. I saw a lot of those. I mm. think I saw some some of some presentations that I really wish that I hadn't seen. But at least oh, they God. all followed uh, Brian David Gilbert's uh, <laughs> fucking formula for successful presentations. So that's I think good. last <laughs> month we, we talked about uh, Brian David Gilbert's Polygon videos as well. Ryan, if you haven't, there the Unravel series from Polygon is is a delight. Oh yeah, and I'm his, have to check those out. I don't know if I've ever seen them. He he breaks down how to ter- how to either a make a successful. Uh, E3 presentation or B make them a drinking game and it's very effective at both so yeah. it's worth, it's worth your time <laughs> Since we're already on the topic of E3, let's jump into things. I'm gonna mix it up. Uh, Austin, how about you? You kick it off this week. What do you? What is? What is your? Uh, what is in the month of June has caught your attention? Um. So I I wanna. I've got I've got two things that are prepared that are two things, but I want to talk about a third thing first okay. to make it the first thing, just because I'm interested and it'll take no time at all. Yeah. So the first thing that I'm really interested in is a new game from From Software, the studio that made the Dark Souls and uh, Bloodborne games. Or at least they were. They don't technically own Bloodborne, but they did all the hard work and stuff. Um, <laughs> they're making a game that's coming out. Or people are people are guessing it's going to come out sometime in spring next year. Um, but it's really hard because they have a teaser trailer and they just recently released a quote unquote animated version of their fucking logo for the game the symbol of the elden ring if i didn't oh, mention yeah, that yeah. that's the game it's called elden ring it's about this fantasy world and it's going to use some norse mythology shit and there are pieces of this elden ring i guess that you may you might have to you might be able to collect it so you just get power it's a okay, fantasy game George R. R. martin is involved did he just write the story like is that um, what's he, he helped, doing i think he helped write the world right so actually wait no i do know more about this he wrote like the mythology for it and then the mm-hmm. studio wrote the story for the player okay. in the game is okay. uh that makes sense. is what uh, Miyazaki said fucking germ wasting his time again give me my books germ <laughs> just give me my books i want my books yeah <laughs> I'm tired of being told uh, as a consumer of media I'm not allowed to want things. I want your books, Germ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that's a thing that I'm excited for because it sounds cool um, and it might be a little more colorful than some Dark Souls stuff, but it's still going to be pretty depressing if you've seen the trailer. Um, <laughs> it didn't look colorful at all. Okay, but you haven't gone through the Farron Swamp or anything, so don't worry about it. It's... No, but I, I do understand that most texture assets in Dark Souls are, like, different shades of mud. Yeah, so. yeah that's real, real good. Um, but so the I think unless you're really angry at George R. R. Martin, I think there are two slightly more scandalous things that I, I think were interesting for, uh, that came out of E3. Um, both from Nintendo, strangely enough. I don't Those were at least presentations that I enjoyed. Um, (laughs) And so the two things I'm thinking of are, uh, well, there's a new Pokemon game coming out in the in the fall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people are upset that it is uh, it will not include the entire national Pokedex. Because, mm-hmm. uh, well, the Masuda cited, um, like, time constraints and space mm-hmm. constraints in the game. 
uh, and, you know, wanting to make a particularly, uh, like, high-quality number of animations and stuff for the different Pokemon. So he was like, no, yeah. we have to... They had to make the hard decision, I guess, of cutting down the uh, the number of Pokemon that are going to appear in the game that you'll be able to transport from your old games into the new one. But they also have this new, uh, like, this new thing in the in the Switch where you're going to be able to hold all of your Pokemon from previous games in a Pokemon home. And in future games, he says... There, many of them will be able to go into different games. It's not like they're cutting out yeah. all the old Pokemon. That it's just that this this game won't be able to access all of them. Correct. So I do know that it, the new region is the Galar region, and they're like, this is only going to contain the Pokemon that would be native to this. So we know yeah. that's going to be some new and some old. Do we know how many? Because um, I don't know what the actual Pokedex is at. It's at like 800, 900 something, right? Right. Um. So I think they said... Uh, um, it was something somewhere in the realm of 130 new Pokemon were are going to be added if you count uh, if you count like new evolutions and new forms mm-hmm. of old Pokemon. Um, but like you know I, the game will obviously n- include like hundreds of Pokemon. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect them to have like fewer than 300 species in a game yeah. that's supposed to be like open world and stuff. They have to have a lot of them, if not you know the yeah. greater portion of them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, a lot of people have been very angry and I'm not sure whether uh, there people have a couple different takes on it. Uh, one is that, uh, you know, they, th- they say that a uh, game freak is cutting corners and they really have the, the ability oh. to do this and they're just being, That's yeah, they just, they're just cash grabbing and we've got people speculating in the Facebook comments about how, oh yeah, now they're going to add all the new Pokemon is uh, paid DLC that you get to buy if you want to put them in. And just, that one sounds ridiculous to me. Well, because um, people are already paying for Pokemon Bank. Like, that money is yeah. already coming in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm remaining silent because I have no idea what you guys are fucking talking about. But well, I, I, I love the drama. You know, it, it's, it's uh, Ryan, what's your favorite video game franchise? Like, off the rip. doesn't have to be the truest answer. Oh, man. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Okay. Probably, like, I Elder Scrolls one. or something, probably. Okay, imagine if in Elder Scrolls Six. Like, instead of having all the different spells you're used to, you only had, like, flames. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I mostly and then, things with a sword real Yeah, no, I so was thinking we, we might want to say, like, <laughs> you're only allowed to play as an Imperial or something. That makes a lot more sense than my analogy. I panicked. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I kind of get it, yeah. Yeah. Although, maybe well, it I, wouldn't I get be it a that bit. drastic. I, you I, only played, like... I, played, um, Poke- I, po- I played the Pokemon uh, when I was a child, and I went up to, I believe, Silver and Gold and then i i didn't have a ds after that i don't think so i could play yeah i only played x and y and i've never cared but i've been reading stories about this and trying to get my pokemon player friends opinions because it's the first is this the first time that they haven't had like full forward compatibility yes correct so in the last generation sun and moon they had a period of time during which you could not transfer old pokemon into the new games so it was Mm -hmm. like soft not including the, the rest of the pokemon and a lot of pokemon aren't included in the pokedex in those games in the sense that if you transfer some old pokemon they won't like put an entry in your pokedex or anything but they'll yeah. still be able mm-hmm. to like they still function perfectly well in the game they exist yeah they just aren't part of your island uh island book of of monsters inside saying of, a lot of words like monster. i understand most of them but things like island book <laughs> what's an island book i'm just saying your pokedex <laughs> is like a book but the guy ga- oh, okay. the, the sun and moon the the region that you are in in sun and moon is a, a chain of islands so gotcha. so i said I all right book. yeah uh 
Uh, Austin, I've been hanging out with like this group of friends too much because I don't play Pokemon, and yeah. I know this much about it. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm holding up in this conversation. That's strange to me. You said you had another thing, another Nintendo scandal. Yeah, um, not a scam per se. Uh, yeah, but it's just <laughs> good start. <laughs> not a Nintendo just, scam. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just very whelmed, just, just completely okay. Okay. and singularly whelmed, um, by the announcements for, um, the new, the, they've announced the next two, uh, characters that are being added to the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and, uh, it's just, it's not, I mean, so... People have wanted this one for a while, and Crash Bandicoot looks super fun, um, and he's going to be in the game. Wait, cr- wait, Crash what? B-coot? Do you mean Banjo-Kazooie? Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, no, I meant, yeah, I'm, I'm a oh, I, That would have been shit. crazy. I, just I was like, how the, the fuck name. did I miss that? Yeah, no. Yeah, Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. My bad. That was a lie. <laughs> let me start over again. Okay. Um, but also, let me get these out of the oven first. I uh... okay. Oh, I was trying to do you a favor, but no, it's okay. I, I let us wait. Yeah. Uh, what you what you baking? Uh, it's just some vegetable samosas. Mini I want vegetable the samosas. I want the internet to have the image of Austin with his microphone headset holding his laptop, <laughs> recording a podcast while pulling food out of the oven. It's yeah. like. It's it, it is millennial domestic bliss at its finest. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so wait, so Banjo Kazooie. Yes. When you Banjo-Kazooie. said two characters, do you I, mean Banjo Kazooie? Yes, that is exactly pl- what I meant. If I had confused, oh. if I had confused the other character for Crash Bandicoot in my head, that would have been way okay. more confusing. But like they're both furry animals with triangular shaped bodies. So. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. So Banjo Kazooie. But people have actually been asking for Banjo Kazooie for a yeah. long time, and they recently or announced or released uh, like a, a, a remake for Banjo-Kazooie in the same vein that they're remaking like Spyro and shit recently. So this uh, seems like I, a good time for them to They haven't done do a remaster, but like they've made it part of the Rare Replay. Microsoft's ah. been putting on, a, on Game Pass and everything. So I think yeah. there's a chance because they own Rare that mm-hmm. they might be gearing up to to do a new banjo yeah so it's happening and that sounds fun and people are he looks like a, they look like a fun character uh there's some silly shit you get to you know the you use the bird to fly around and you use the boy to hit stuff with the bird and everything's mm-hmm. crazy um but the next one and i understand why I they did this, this yeah, um, I understand why they did this from, like, the perspective that they're taking as a company, Nintendo, where they like to use Super Smash Bros. as, like, advertisement for all of their games. Uh-huh. And if you play the character in Super Smash Bros., you're going to be like, oh, if I if I enjoy this one, oh, this is really interesting. Where did this character come from? I'm going to look into this series of game that they're in, and maybe I'll play it if it sounds like it's up my alley. Very effective advertising, because they're, it's a pretty mm-hmm. lovable game with explosions and shit. Yeah. They have um, the hero from Dragon Quest. They have a character that is, like... They're releasing a I'm, new Dragon Quest. I'm making Quest. a puzzled face. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're releasing a new Dragon Quest game, and there's a character who's, like, your avatar in the game. And they're, that's the character. It's just like a person, another person with a sword. They do some spells and stuff that they've got a shield, I think. And, you know, they slash and dash and jump around and stuff. And but don't then, we have enough Fire Emblem characters in the yeah, game? Yeah. OK. And and the nice thing for people who care about Dragon Quest is that it's not just the hero from this new game. If you switch the color, you actually switch the character costume such that it's actually different 
hear different characters from like previous games as well. So you can switch between like whichever one your favorite uh, Dragon Quest uh, game was or whatever. And so it's a fun thing, I guess. But like, eh. Personally, I don't care that much (laughs) about Dragon Quest. And I know that there are people who like really love those games and they're excited to get that representation but i'm like yeah i'd clock it like it it seems like it it, like it explores a a possibility space that exists like between several characters that already exist Mm -hmm. because it it eh, yeah, it does, it does Kazooie interest me things. more, but from what I saw from the gameplay, he actually seems to be like a, a pretty slow uh, character. Yeah, like, all, all things considered, like he looks like he'll be a little heavier than I expected. Which I mean, it's a bear, so yeah, I guess I shouldn't be too and surprised. a bird, and, and he's gonna it's a fucking beat the <laughs> shit out of Duck Hunt dog and friend. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, thank you, Austin, for that. That was actually a decent amount of shit. I didn't know about and <laughs> i i share wow. in your like ugh the yeah the hero i'm just the like hero. i oh i feel like you're lacking imagine you're lacking inspiration if you have to choose someone whose name is the hero yeah but i mean again they want to advertise for their games yeah. and dragon quest not one of their most popular games so it makes some that's sense. true i would say to put in a dragon well, but we already got two of them dragon quest yeah. is pretty popular no, it's pretty just popular not... but it's not like in japan it's like the hottest it's the hottest fucking thing ever though right you're right but we're not in japan and in fact most of the world isn't in japan wait let me go let me look outside real quick wait let me let me look outside real quick Uh, i'm not in japan you're correct right you do not see the sun rising over your kingdom i do not unfortunately my kingdom is but a single bedroom apartment somewhere in the northern virginia area all right Well then, in that note, let's let's visit your your kingdom of influences and domains, Ryan. What are you bringing for <laughs> Geek News in June 2019? I got two things I want to talk about, and mostly two because I, I, for the most part, can't talk to them with most people in my life. Otherwise, I'll think I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Except for a few friends, but even then, I feel like I, I, I'll is... start to bug them after the second or no, third hour a, of talking about it. This is a safe it. space for this kind of thing, Ryan. That's so exactly the... what I was about to say. You are loved. <laughs> <laughs> you are supported. Thank you. I, we only judge each other in the post credit. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've been doing it wrong because I've been judging you guys the entire time. But <laughs> <laughs> I thank you for here for your for the love. So the two things I'm going to talk about. Uh, one of them came up um, during E3, and the other one I think was a little bit before. It was announced maybe a little before. So first thing I'm going to talk about. Talk about the remake of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, it has been announced for a long time. Now. I think they announced it 2015. Yeah. Um, oh, holy And I actually gals. found out recently, I was thinking about it, they showed, the, I think it was probably somewhat linked, they showed some update, like they showed the intro for Final Fantasy VII or a cutscene for Final Fantasy VII to show the PS3 graphics capabilities when they were <laughs> announcing it. So like it's possible they may have been working on this in some form or another for like a really long time. But uh, this E3, they actually showed some gameplay footage. They've announced a release date. And despite everybody saying that it wasn't going to happen ever, it seems like they're pushing for it. Um, looking into like the past of some of the things that happened, they evidently had a lot of issues in development. And um, potentially, they completely had they had to like remake the game twice, uh, depending Ooh. on which uh, news source you go to. Um, as uh-huh. Square Enix, I think I think Square Enix like subbed it out to somebody else. And I think that they didn't like the direction, so they ended up having to like go back. But long story short, we're not going to really talk about that. We're going to talk about the fact that Final Fantasy VII Remake, that is going to be coming out this, I think, uh, March of 2020, is not actually a full-on remake. It is. It is... 
it is going to entirely encompass it's they say it's a full-length feature game that is going to encompass the midgar section of the original final fantasy 7 now if neither of you guys have played Final Fantasy VII, Midgar Midgar takes anywhere between like if you're a speedrunner, maybe like an hour, hour and a half, depending on how you play. Mm-hmm. Um, to the regular person, probably like five to seven hours. If you wait, what? Yeah, yeah. So they're saying that they expanded Midgar and they actually made it a full length feature game. So huh. I have some issues with this, and I was tra- I-, I talked a little bit to some about some of my friends. Um, I'm curious about many things, and I'm going to list them out. Um, and basically my thought process of staring at the Amazon screen where they have like a really a good deal right now where you can get like 15 or 14 dollars off or something like that right now mm-hmm. um so it's it's only midgar um which is kind of weird super short section in the game it's actually just like more of a prologue for the beginning of the game to set up like your intention and what a lot of the what are the shits happening in the world and the fact that there's like some uh ecological crisis happening and you're fighting against it so it kind of set up the backdrop and then it kind of releases you to this wider world where well, you basically uh, circumnavigate you know what this smells like this smells like Peter Jackson's The Hobbit. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so the the main the main issue I have is I'm very curious as to how much how much is actually there because they said it's a full length game. My issue with that is, are they saying it's a full length like Final Fantasy game? Because a full length Final yeah, Fantasy game. Yeah, those are they're big boys it's like usually around 60 hours and if you do everything it's like 70 or 80 so that is a lot of content to create for just midgar hold on a sec ryan i have to ask you a question because i've never played a final fantasy game to any substantial degree um and i understand final fantasy 7 is it holds a a very important place in a lot of players hearts Mm -hmm. um so it, you as as a player of these games, would you have been satisfied if it was the exact same game with a graphical overhaul the way a lot of remasters and remakes are done today? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly so the, what i so, want so the game is there the game is there so I mean, why the don't thing, they <sighs> i i like the so i i'd kind of be happy either way i would love an yeah. expanded system where they change up some of the mechanics mm-hmm. they maybe broaden some things out so it's more open world because i mean final fantasy 7 it had an open world but you had a very kind of like trained on head-on story mm. and there wasn't a lot you could do in that world besides go from point a to point b and fight monsters in between so like not like final fantasy 15 where there's like cool things to see and there's you could like rove rove around and find interesting characters Mm. and you kind of choose a side mission and go from there that would be cool i would also pay money just to have the original remade and much better graphics with voice acting like actual really good voice acting nice cinematics everything looked really good like crisp and clear because if i play it now like yeah it'll hit that nostalgia button but it's also like it also i mean just it's of its time it doesn't look good <laughs> like it yeah, doesn't yeah. look good to play you're looking at polygons so it leads on to my next issue oh, because boy. it's only midgar that means there are going to be multiple installments and all these installments yeah. is as because they've actually commented that they have not released a lot of information about how this is going to work and that they are going to work on doing better about that in the future. I saw a little article, like a Sony president being like, yeah, we haven't been super clear about this stuff. That means that they haven't figured it out yet, I'm guessing. Yeah, so I'm curious, because Midgar is one of the shortest sections of the game. How many, like, if they're going to burn this into a series, how many games are we talking? Are we talking, yeah. like, three parts? Are we talking four parts? If they go by that, go by just midgar size stuff, this is going to be, like, a ten-part game. And all of them seem to... I think the plan as it is now, I haven't heard anything that rebuts it, these are all going to be feature-length, full-priced games. So if I oh, want to replay Final Fantasy VII, 
you have to buy several games yeah Yeah, i'm gonna have to buy several full price games over the course of probably at least five six years maybe depending on how things go yeah so on its on its surface that that aggravates me but i guess if they find a meaningful enough way to expand it wouldn't it be cool to see like hey this one game is blown up into a series that is like diverse and rich but i guess that also depends on we'll have to see how well they execute on what fans want out of this we're not going to be able to tell it looks pretty good i mean it looks like final fantasy 15 which honestly the combat was fine uh it felt a lot of just like butt mashing but i mean that's still more complex than i don't know some of the some of the earlier games where it's all turn-based and you can take forever and kind of figure out exactly what you want to do yeah so I, i'm okay with it it like looks real fine <laughs> the thing i the thing i really have an interesting question about so it's coming out march 2020 this is the mm-hmm. first installment of a series mm-hmm. the playstation 5 i've been like i think an e3 they said it was going to be coming out or maybe announced or something i can't i, I don't know if it's been officially announced or what but i think it's supposed to be coming out the holiday season of 2020 yeah so they are starting mm-hmm. a brand new series uh which people are fucking bonkers crazy for. And they haven't really laid out the plan of whether, oh, if I buy this on PS4, when it comes out, like you want me to do, because that's when you're putting it out, am I going to be able to get the next installment on my PS4? Am I going to be able to port over my save? Am I going to be able to do any of the things I normally would do? Because like initially, a long time ago, 2015, when they said it was going to be installment based, pretty much everybody was saying, oh, that makes sense. It's going to be, it's going to be like a DLC game or it's going to be yeah. like some of the, I can't remember the name, but they're like, uh, what is it? The Wolf Among Us. where Telltale Games. Yeah, Telltale Games, where you get like little chunks of it. And everybody was like super hyped for that, because that sounds like a really good idea. That's kind mm-hmm. of how you played it anyway. It was segmented into, des- uh, into discs, like four separate discs. Three discs, I think. Um, so that everybody was like, oh, that's a great idea. Like, you can just get a little chunk every month or whatever, play through, and then, I mean, or you could just wait until the end and play it all the way through. So, but now it's, I don't know. There's a lot of questions. They haven't really answered a lot of it. And now a lot of people, I know, I mean, if people are like me, they're either not going to buy it for the PS4 and wait to find out what the plan is, or they're going to buy it and get really pissed when the second installment doesn't come out on a PS5 and unless and they haven't said anything about some way to like save that uh some kind of cloud storage for your save because I mean a lot of yeah. it's how you customize your character, you're going to like how much you're grinding because I mean a lot of people are going to in the hopes of playing it um in the future the next installment yeah. they're probably going to grind out their character in Midgar and like try and get a lot of experience and try and do all the like the little things and if none of that moves forward or if you have it on PS4 and it's non-transferable to PS5, they're going to be really pissed. Well, so, because uh, I'm going to talk about some stuff adjacent to this. Um, I'm pretty sure PS5, they are aiming to make it backwards compatible with the PS4. I don't know the scope of those intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I think that, it, uh, well, Sony also just recently partnered with Microsoft, ironically enough, to use their Azure platform, their cloud platform. Azure, Azure platform to create um to, to i guess like support a lot of their new gaming systems and we don't know what that means but it's probably going to be like more game streaming cloud-based stuff yada 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 and uh their start i i guess it would be up to square enix to decide how transferable that stuff is i think the technology yeah. is going to support it it's going to be up to the studio and the publisher i mean it should to implement it, it. the smart money would be that they wouldn't try and piss off fans and they would make it as easy as possible to play the That'd next be the game smart money but look at what's been yeah. going I'm still just suspicious that like when what they do to expand each segment into a full game is like filling it with a lot of sort of insubstantial but time 
sink stuff. That, that is like, a worry that I have that they're going to put in like fishing. Like, because there's fun things to do in Final Fantasy fishing. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Fishing was fun. Like, I fished all the time. But like, if that's, if that is me, like, oh, if, if they're in their calculation of a full length game, they were like, well, it's going to easily take somebody like five hours to grind out all the different types of fish they can catch in Midgar. And then we'll yeah. do like some baking. We'll, we'll add the camping system and so they can, you know, camp out on the streets of the streets of Midgar or something. Yeah. And that'll like burn up some time because people liked that in our other game. Like I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hesitant to how yeah. they're going to fill up the time. Yeah. But like, even if they try to like add a bunch of different stories that you can go interact with, with like side quests and things, like if they just do it with like, a bunch of a bunch of side quests that seem like they all have the same structure and the mm-hmm. the same they make all the same beats and i just i don't yeah. know i i it, yeah. i'd like to see what their inspiration is because i will tell you i have not done any non-essential fishing activities in a game since big the cat and sonic adventure so <laughs> fucking take notes square enix <laughs> so the next thing i want to talk about and i think i have one more thing that i might tack on to the end uh so it may have been this month it may have been the month before dungeons and dragons officially mm-hmm. uh, kind of uh, debuted the next adventure book that they're sending out. It is Baldur's Gate, The Descent into Avernus. Oh. Um, so it is the first book that is going to kind of set up Baldur's Gate uh, with actual, um, kind of the same thing that with Waterdeep, Dragon Heist. It was the first mm-hmm. to set up like, oh, these are specific institutions. This is how it has changed and stuff in 4E. So this is going to be the first one that does that. It looks pretty cool. I am curious because there, there's a lot of comparisons to Mad Max, which is cool but also it'd been better if they had brought this out like two years ago when mad max was like super hot and it would have made yeah. sense well mad max um, came out four years ago but oh yeah four years oh I, jesus i'm old uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah it looks kind of cool so it's going to take you from bald i think you start in baldur's gate and uh, there's some corruption and demonic influence in baldur's gate and through that you are dropped in or maybe not in a dropped in but you may be visiting or dropped into the plane of avernus which is the first layer of the nine hells and it's going to embroil you in something called the blood war do you guys know what the blood war is no so in austin smiles mischievously sinisterly (laughs) so in in dungeons and dragons and i guess it's also in pathfinder uh the main thing is that there is a big war between good and evil but also uh chaotic and lawful so there's a big concept there's a big concept that doesn't have the same ring to it but in the way that they kind of chaos and law i honestly believe that i've honestly (laughs) believed tsr kind of wrote themselves into a corner in describing the abyss see the abyss mm-hmm. is like this infinite plane of mm-hmm. bad creatures that are chaotic and it's supposed to be like they're supposed to be innumerable they're infinite um they never run out very and a lot of them are extremely powerful um and but there's a logical question is well if there there's an infinite number of them and they're very powerful why don't they just take over everybody else and the question to that is is that they're already fighting somebody else which is um so it's the fiends versus demons and then the, the daemons or uh yugoloths in the center of everything mm-hmm. and the yugoloths are neutral evil so <laughs> oh god uh, my my girl my fiance is gonna disown me so <laughs> the, the way that it's set up is that uh the 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 powers of chaos are infinite and powerful but unorganized and are unwilling to take singular direction from anybody they move in a horde they don't move in a legion the uh, mm. flip side of that is that um i believe it's the devils it's devils and fiends that is correct Devil, no, devils devils and demons yeah yeah and they're, they're all fiends. they're both fiends yeah yeah so the devils they are extremely organized but they have a limited number um so it's kind of like you know what's better a much larger force but completely unorganized and they're also probably stabbing each other in the back at the 
same time or a very organized force that is doing everything it can to like singularly push these other people out so it's a constant back and forth so you fair all... the devils can recruit though the devils can recruit so that kind of what leads so that's going to be a big <laughs> part of the game so there's going to be devil's deals that can actually be used to lure the adventurers and kind of like either give them a lot of power in the front end but also use them to do some pretty awful shit on the back end power which I'm in pretty the front excited end was for. my nickname in high school and destruction on the back end was my nickname in college <laughs> so, uh, so yeah so the devils recruit and they gain power through a lot of contracts with mortals They're, a lot of their stuff is powered by souls uh, so to get a soul you have to make a contract to make a contract you usually have to give something uh, the, the demons don't really do that too much it's gonna be cool the other thing that they are introducing uh, they have added battle ready vehicles they've changed the rules a little oh. bit from salt marsh so now there's supposed to be like Mad Max style vehicles in this thing. So I'm very interested to see how this is going to play out. Um, it looks kind of fun. I'm psyched as hell to play it. So another thing that I want to talk about, Stadia has just been officially announced, something yep. I talked about previously. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it is looking not good for the future of gaming. You oh, have yeah? to pay a subscription price. Well, if you want to be a pro and to get on the ground floor, you have to pay a subscription price to be able to buy other games. Yep. <laughs> so it's oh, it's man. it's not looking good. There's supposed to be a free one, I think, but you're going to be yeah, really no, limited. Yeah, no, it's it's I think the pro level gives you like the controller as well as um well, like pro bundles with the controllers, but also uh higher fidelity, higher yeah, frame it, rate, it's, higher it's resolution. Supposed to give oh, you man, up to, like, this is 4K. just like the opposite of net neutrality. Oh, oh yeah. god. So the yeah. pro gives you up to 4K. The regular I think does the top end is 720, but I mean at the end of the and they said they're oh, you get some free games, but the free game they have currently is a free game to everybody. It's um, whatchamacallit? Oh, shit. What's it called? Fuck. Cut this out. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the people that made the original Halo, they made a new... Destiny. What was that game? Yeah, it's Destiny 2, which is pretty... It's on various times and places, it has been completely free. So it's uh, no, here, not The thing anything. is, it's, it's going free to play this fall. Yeah, that's, so that's yeah, the so this free... is just dovetailing with that. They're not really giving you something. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, okay. I mean, it's so it's it's kind of crazy. So there's going to be other free games with it, but they haven't announced any yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. So honestly, well, I'm I thought it was a good service. If it was free and it worked like Netflix, hell yeah, sign me up as a subscription based thing where I have to then buy the game. Yeah, fuck no. Well, I'm actually going to take that to segue into my stuff. Hi, I'm Colin. <laughs> it's my turn because I actually want to start with something similar. But first, I need to point out the irony of the fact that I said Mad Max came out four years ago. And then Ryan said, you know, I'm old. And we're all like, oh, yeah. But Mad Max came out decades ago. Mad Max Fury Road came out four years yeah, yeah, ago. Yeah. Oh, Semantic yeah. thing that I thought was amusing. Um, anyway, moving on. The So Stadia is like Google's streaming game streaming service. Um, so... First thing I'm going to talk about in regards to E3 is going to be Project Scarlet, which is the code name for Microsoft's new Xbox console coming holiday 2020. Now, I want to say right off the rip, almost everything that's confirmed for Scarlet is like also confirmed for the PS5 to some degree, though Scarlet, we have, I think, a clearer idea of how things will be implemented. So what I want to start with is the idea of streaming, because Microsoft also has their project xCloud, which is they're going to be going to be their streaming service. And on its surface, I think it's going to be a lot like Stadia, because Xbox is a platform where you can 
buy games, uh, but you like pay to subscribe to their cloud streaming thing. But I agree with you that like Stadia seems pretty underwhelming in this regard because it's 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 coming out to cost a lot more than everyone realized. Yeah, it, it's honestly pretty shitty service at this point. They're gonna have to change a lot of stuff. Yeah, and what what I think um, Microsoft is gonna be doing that's cool is the console streaming, which I mean already exists to some degree in a lot of places, including PlayStation. But um, the way that it's going to work is if you have, like, I have an Xbox One X and I'm going to get the Scarlet, whatever it's called when it comes out, I don't have to pay for xCloud. My Xbox is my server. And then that's that's it. I get all the benefits of that. I'm just running it locally. And with Google, there's no equivalent of that. And that goes into all the questions with Stadia of what is game ownership in this landscape? Mm-hmm. How Like, where, where do the users actually have control over this material? And I think what makes already makes xCloud seem like a nicer proposition is the fact that you have this local alternative. For me, I want it for the fidelity, but for a lot of people, like it's going to be for the control. Like that's that's going to be a huge part of it. And um, uh, aside from that, the the Scarlet has piqued my interest for a couple of things. One, it's going to be a lot more powerful. They're using uh, higher speed RAM, a new custom processor. Again, all like what the PS5 is going to do. But they discussed in some detail the use of the solid state drive in it. Like right mm. now, the Xbox still gets some flack for using, uh, and PlayStation gets some flack for, for having um, uh, hard hard drives in them instead of solid state drives for the sake of loading speed Mm -hmm. um hard disk drive hard disk drives hdds the uh the drives in the new console are going to be solid state with uh like a high-end i I think it's some form of pcie some new pcie spec that is going to allow the read and write speed to be so fast that they can utilize the solid state drive itself as virtual ram Mm. like the storage is going to be high performance enough that it can serve as as random access memory um and the interesting, the the functional thing about that is loading, loading environments. You no longer have to deal with the bottleneck of just loading stuff from the storage into the memory so that you can play it. It can just rip it straight out of the drive, and it just loads environments instantly. So loading screens are, are maybe about to become a thing of the past uh, with this new generation. That's pretty dope. Yeah, and and that's and and it's something I never really considered. Like I I think like everyone else, I assumed loading screens were a necessary evil. Um, and as someone who's played Sonic the Hedgehog 2006 multiple times, they're burned into my memory as as like <laughs> gigantic disruption to bad game experiences. In the case of Sonic 06, so, <laughs> so I think where I've I've been wanting the death of the console for a while, even though I'm a console gamer, but I think the way that this is moving where it's less about like, this is where you play games and more about this is a hub that things center around, which is like the server aspect that Microsoft is going for. For um, all of your entertainment needs. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) It is truly your one stop Xbox one stop shop for entertainment. Remember when that was a thing? Um, oh boy. Yeah. So, so I think that that the new console generation is going to be a lot more valuable than I expected it to be. But I'm glad to see uh, steps being taken to sort of break down um, a lot of the things that currently divide players in this landscape. I think Destiny is the best example for that. This wasn't June news, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but. 
if you couple this whole Project Scarlet business with the fact that Destiny is showing that, like, cross-save and cross-play are coming to, like, big AAA games, um, independent publishers are now muscling around the, the big publishers, like, we're going to start to see a little more freedom and a little more pro-consumer stuff, especially with Microsoft, because they are being very cooperative with everybody and sort of just putting their shit out there. Yeah, actually, something you just reminded me of, because he's... You know, start, we started mm-hmm. bitching about Stadia for a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually saw something uh, just on, like, Friday that mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> apparently... Um, uh, sorry. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I need to I need to look this up to make sure that I'm not um, misrepresenting anything. Because if I say this sentence, you're going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, no. So apparently uh so as far as like control over your game and stuff goes i'm not sure how much this actually has a uh how much something like stadia would actually affect this kind of behavior um because but like you know google has not been known to stay true to their motto of not being evil um yeah it's not their motto anymore yeah no i know uh they really (laughs) didn't stay true to it um but yeah no uh recently uh actually yeah june 23rd um U.S. government bans League of Legends in Iran and Syria. So apparently Mm -hmm. the U.S. government got Riot Games to just not allow people whose accounts were uh, based out of Iran or Syria to play anymore, which is like kind of crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for a game, League is still pretty. It's pretty large. Um, hitting them where it hurts though yeah be but riots in the streets it's just it's just wild to me that like you think of that like that doesn't seem like this is like this huge political thing that they're doing it seems weird and uh very like it it seems like a little blip on the radar because most people think of league just as like oh yeah it's this game they have esports in a terrible community um <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like i don't know it's it's it seems kind of chilling to me that like the the US government can just be like hey company you want to just uh well, not let people within your uh, within your servers have contact with certain individuals from uh various countries yeah thanks and yeah, I don't know, see, Google sketchy. Stadia I, having that sort of... I mean, also, have... look, at, look at what the U.S. government is doing with, like, UI, so, like, or Quay, <laughs> wah, however you pronounce it, I think it's UI, but, uh, yeah, no, that's that's sketchy. That was uh, on, the, on the note of sketchy, I do want to talk about something <laughs> else that's not game-related at all. Yeah. Apple also kicked off the month with their Worldwide Developers Conference, where they announced all this new software. They announced iOS 13, a new Mac Pro, uh, Mac OS Catalina, all these new things, dark mode on the iOS, like, a lot of just like some necessary quality of life things, some very cool things, but there's one thing that sort of made some waves. And that is, you guys know how when you go to sign into certain websites, it'll say, like, sign in with Facebook or sign in with Google, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Apple created a sign in with Apple button. And Apple is very privacy forward. They, uh, They are they stake their reputation on not harvesting consumer data. Um, I've seen instances of, of how difficult to impossible it is to access that data at all. And uh, I do believe that there is that there is a lot of honesty behind them at least not trying to have that data. What they have and what they do with it, whatever. But like they, they try to keep it out of there. And the sign in with Apple button, um, it doesn't actually share your information. And if it wants to like, if someone wants to like check your email, it'll create dummy emails that forward stuff to your email and you can like cut it off at any time. 
time, but it doesn't actually give your information, like your private information to them. It just uses the Apple credentials, almost like PayPal does yeah. for payments to just like route it through a third thing. So that's all well and good. That's a, it's a cool concept. I think it's great. But Apple has said that any app in their app store that has connect, like sign in with Google, sign in with Facebook, A, needs to put the sign in with Apple button in the application <laughs> and B needs to put it above the other two buttons. Oh my god. That's yep. monopolistic though. They can't they can't dictate that though. So I mean they've dictated yeah. a lot of stuff yeah. about like so, what kinds of apps are acceptable in their store already. It's so they it, actually got that got shot down. They can't do that anymore. They uh I thought I read something pretty similar uh, recently that the app store, the Apple store was considered a monopoly by a US court. That's not true. Here's what happened is um the uh Spotify brought up a bunch of stuff about how how it's like, yeah, because um, we can't. If we sell stuff through Apple, they take a big chunk of it. So we'd either have to raise the prices or redirect people elsewhere. But they don't even let you say, hey, go buy this somewhere else where it's cheaper. You can't do that in the apps. And the thing that happened recently was the Supreme Court said that people have the right to bring the lawsuit against Apple. Apple tried to dismiss okay. it, but um, there's no ruling on on whether it's a monopoly, especially because market share in the U.S., like Apple has like maybe 25, 30%. So it's, it's still sort of being discussed and litigated. But like in the midst of all these antitrust things and like people talking, talking about breaking up tech corporations, Apple puts that out there, which I think the sign in with Apple button is great. And I think that on its own, I don't see a problem with it. The implications of it are like really far reaching. And I'm, uh, I'm interested, especially I used to work for Apple. Like I care very much about seeing like how these things are handled. So um, it seems like the type of misstep I expect from Apple at this point, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I think I think there's there are going to be some changes based on how that's handled. But in non-gaming, yeah, news, I mean, that's... I think thinking generously about it, you could say, well, you know, we the, maybe they were thinking, oh yeah, if we just maybe say, they were thinking. <laughs> well, no, no, if you say maybe they were thinking about like you know uh, the way that a lot of companies that want to have your data to sell to mm -hmm. other people like they would if you just mandate that they have to like have that as an option you know they would put it down at the bottom of all the options in a dull gray mm -hmm. button on a white background and yep. then you would see the red ones first so if the, maybe they just want to make it so that like if it's the safe option that's it's yeah visible for you but, but the thing is like the legislation that passed in the eu last year which was the gr gdrc grd i don't remember it was like a big privacy thing and a lot of companies in the United States now follow those regulations because, like, it's easier to do the same thing in both countries. But, yeah. like, the U.S. doesn't have have those kinds of laws about communicating privacy stuff and data to customers. And Apple seems to be the only company intent on, like, going beyond what those EU regulations said. Mm -hmm. But this is a way of doing it that, like, is really going to... It's really gonna grind some gears. Now I want <laughs> I want to talk about one last teeny tiny thing. Mm -hmm. I want to end my bit on a high note, and it's gonna be super quick. I saw Toy Story four. Oh yeah, fucking fantastic. Oh goddamn, <laughs> so nice. good. That's good. So good. I think like everybody when three ended, I'm like that's the perfect ending. And uh, a lot of people were apprehensive about four. I kind of had the thought of like, well, they know it's sacred ground. They wouldn't make it unless it was a good idea. And boy, was I right. They had a good idea. <laughs> that's okay. great. Okay. Uh, uh, if you'd asked me before the movie came out, like, do you need Toy Story 4? I would have said, nah, I'm good with 3. <laughs> Having yeah. seen Toy Story 4, I'm kind of like, you know what? 
I would be sad if I didn't get to see this movie. Like, knowing what it is now, <laughs> it's very different. Uh, it's very emotional. I cried. Uh, my girlfriend cried more. The guy behind us broke out sobbing. So Amazing. I did almost cry in the first one. Yeah. So. <laughs> Par for the course. Like, I remember, like, seeing it with the, the girlfriend at the time and, like, literally having to hold back tears. Yep. Like, don't, don't cry. Yep. <laughs> don't cry. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Uh, I saw Toy, in Toy Story 3 uh, when it came out in theaters. Uh, Pat and I, Pat Brem, we went on a double date with our girlfriends at the time and he was the only one that cried and i still think that's funny it's not bad at all but it's just interesting given like the landscape of people there but yeah toy story 4 is yeah. delightful it is hilarious it is it is it's worth your time it's very fun okay. and it's new like it, it it feels like a different take on it they, they didn't retread any ground so that's great good on yeah i that's really good to hear about a disney movie that's coming out in 2019 actually yeah um, <laughs> Uh, very fair. I think I think we're gonna push it into the ratings. Let's let's okay. kind of zip around. Let's we've we've covered a lot of ground here. Yeah, honestly, let's a lot look, more than I thought we would. Yeah, let's let's throw out our pitches. Uh, Austin, what do you think of what we've discussed would be your top story for June? Top story for June for Geek News. Okay, um, let's go over this again. We just did so your you stuff. Had- I yep. talked a little bit about Elden Ring and then Pokemon and Super Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Ryan, you talked about Final Fantasy VII. Was and then was your second thing just about Stadia generally? Was Final Fantasy VII uh, Avernus, Avernus, and then yeah. Stadia? No, no, I don't know why I forgot about D and D. That's weird. Um, <laughs> and then. Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think I would probably, if we're talking just geek news, because uh, yeah. I think some of the other stuff has implications for non-geek news. Like the Apple thing, I think may yeah. not be like a huge geek news thing, but it might be like a huge privacy rights thing. Um, so I'm going to say probably Final Fantasy VII, because even as much as I like the stuff that I talked about and I'm in it, like in those communities, I think that, you know, Final Fantasy VII is kind of a very large demographic, uh, like yeah. w- with fans of that single yep. game, even out of the Final yeah. Fantasy series. Yeah, no, so that's totally fair. Ryan, what, uh, what do you want to throw in the ring here for for top story? Uh, oh, boy. Um, I think I have if I had to choose one thing, because I also kind of talked about a little bit, the Xbox, uh, kind of the, when you're talking about Project Scarlet, mm-hmm. and kind of, it's how it connects with Stadia a little bit, but you you have like a home server. That that kind of, I think, was the thing that got me, because Stadia got me thinking about it, because I was actually kind of pro Stadia a little bit, because I, I was on the yeah, we, we Yeah, we talked about it in that episode where I threatened to burn down Oscar Mayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was, on, I was on the beta, and I played it, I thought it was a really good, it was like a really good way to play the game. I thought it worked out really well, of course. I have like really high uh, internet speeds in this area, but yeah. like I thought it was like this could be the future, and then in the back of my head it's like yeah it's the future and it's gonna suck. And the back of my head was right. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna pay to stream something. It's not even gonna be locally, and if you know the power, you know I don't know like internet shits its pants for an evening, like it's one to do sometimes. You're not gonna be able to play the game you want to play. Yep. Yeah, not to not to like overstate anything, but it's like Cyberpunk 2077 is like gonna be released, and then suddenly it's just gonna be real life. Oh my god, we're gonna have metal arms and Keanu Reeves. Bullshit. Yeah, Keanu Reeves are gonna be in our head all the time. Alright, so I I'm gonna I gotta cast my vote here. Now here's the thing. I was thinking either Final Fantasy VII or Project Scarlet. And 
You can't choose your own thing, though. Uh, you, yeah, yeah I'm, you can... I'm discouraged from choosing it. Well, I think the implications of Scarlet are interesting. I think the more immediately interesting thing, honestly, is what... Because, re okay, remake culture is obviously at, like, a zenith right now. It is, <laughs> like, in, in every medium, it is, it is permeating entertainment. And, Brian, the absolutely buckwild truth of Final Fantasy VII you described to me today is super fascinating. I never considered yeah, a remake yeah. could be handled like that. And if it does well, that could sort of change the landscape. Because, I mean, ultimately, Stadia and Scarlet are going to be vehicles to give us these games. And what if this is how games are made now? Yeah, what if we get yeah. this, like a similarly expanded remake of like all of the Mario spin-off games? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we made an entire game that is World 1-1. One, one. Go. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that one level of Mario part of like the first 20 steps? Uh, the first quarter? We've made that the whole game now. <laughs> I was thinking more the RPGs, but fucking oh, yeah, that's, sure. That's, that's <laughs> We've made Mario Party more Mario Party. Congratulations. Twice as many spots on the board. Yeah. Yeah. No it's extra like, stuff, just more spots. And and if more you land spots. on this particular spot with uh, with enough coins, you can start a mini game. And Whoever wins that, it's it's not like the normal mini games. You just play another game of Mario Party within this. We made, we made the mini games into full length games. If you step on this square, you have to play all of Super Mario 3D World. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Um. Yeah. So Final Fantasy VII, and it's 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 crazy, either ambitious or horrible, depending on your perspective. Way of distributing a remake. Honestly, um, it could be both. Could be both. Yeah, I really think honesty. it's gonna be up to how they handle it and how fans respond i'm interested i'm definitely interested uh that about wraps it up uh that was this month's common briefing program i've been colin your host joined by austin and ryan as i recall you neither of you are super active on social media to follow yep that's true yeah no not yet maybe i have a lot of time this summer so i might decide to make more bad decisions um <laughs> Something I, I think that we should get clear though is if it keeps if we keep up this uh, this trend of just having the three of us doing all of the common briefing <laughs> program things, um, you're going, going to have to start weird. referring to Ryan and uh, me as correspondents. As course, yeah. yes, that's true. That's true. Uh, I'll be running into some labor law issues if I don't give you guys the. <laughs> <laughs> what you've truly earned here um cool uh, if you do want to follow me my name is colin my handle is sonic colin k on twitter and facebook um we have another episode of common geeking program coming out in about two weeks um actually i think there's one out today we ran into a scheduling kerfuffle so i think there's an episode another episode out today and then another one in two weeks and the briefing programs happen first friday of every month uh we are going to be making some changes to the release schedule first and third friday uh um of every month we're going to have these podcasts on the third on the fifth friday um if there is a fifth friday in the month uh patrick is going to host what he's been calling the common beefing program uh <laughs> so i'm actually kind of excited to see how that works out i don't think we have one of those for a few months um how you doing uh the podcast i do with laura we just put out a third episode earlier this week how you doing a friend cast from far away is on itunes um there's uh dice populi not out yet i keep talking about it but it's not out yet it'll be out eventually probably in a month after you hear this um i think that's it 
I mean, check out commongeekingprogram.com. We put some stuff on there sometimes, and our Facebook is where we make posts asking you to give us content ideas, please. I think that's about it. These have gone a little off the rails <laughs> since I stopped using a script, so I'm going to have to... You know what? I, th- well, I think I'm going back to scripts. I'm going to write out something eloquent and beautiful, and Ryan can't say a damn thing if he wants that correspondent pay bump. No, you should just record the script and then leave spots for people in the episodes to like say the word that needs to be put in for that, like the, the name or the date. That'd be a more interesting podcast. And I'm joined uh, by Austin. Yeah. Yes, there that's exactly what I'm thinking. It'd be hey, it'd be easier to edit. I just need you guys to say like four different words, and I can release <laughs> the same thing every month. It's beautiful. All right, cool. Well, thank you, Austin and Ryan. Is fun talking to you guys, and maybe talk to you both next month. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. See you next time. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> This episode of the Common Geeking Program was hosted by Colin, joined by Austin and Ryan. This month's episode of the Common Briefing Program is sponsored by Metroid Samus Returns, because I wanted to talk about it, because I just started playing it, but that game is a year and a half old, so it's not news, damn it. The podcast is created by Colin Ketchin, Jeff Levitt, and Pat Brem, produced by Colin and edited with original music by Colin, which is me. It's me. I did that stuff. It's pretty cool. In two weeks, we will be back with another episode of the Common Geeking Program Book Club and get another recap of monthly geek news at the beginning of August, first Friday of every month. So tune in then, and thank you for listening to this. Sounded okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm eating. Okay. I just. You guys may have this knowledge. What flavor is the blue skittle supposed to be? I haven't eaten a skittle skittle in like years. I think. So you're eating a different form of skittles. You're not eating skittles classic, are you? I mean, I, I, everything else. I don't think classic skittles had a blue. No, they didn't. But like. I know they also just, like, changed the green from, like, lime to apple or whatever. Yeah, which is a t- terrible move. Awful move. Yeah, I'm eating mm-hmm. right now. It doesn't feel good. What are these blues? Hold on. I'm very confused. Let me try this again. They're Skittles. I know, but, like, are you just sitting in front of me? Blue my Skittle. Skittle? Maybe that's a new mm. thing. Maybe. Maybe you're colorblind. <laughs> are you sure they aren't? Wait, no. It's the, they, have, they have added blue. Don't tell blue me the flavor. Hold thing. on. Hold on. It says blue is here. It doesn't give a flavor. It just it just says blue is here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It uh, gives no flavor. It, it kind of tastes like apple ham. I don't know. I can't like. What it's the not ham, fuck? but like ham is the word that comes to mind. I don't know why. It's like savorier than other Skittles. And I'm baffled. Like yeah. it doesn't taste like ham, but my brain is telling me ham. Like why? I. I mean, when I. Uh, when I search Blue Skittles on Google, the first thing yeah. that comes up is a website called Spoon University, and it's an article titled, Why yeah. the Hell Are There No Blue Skittles? And I don't know what the fuck. Mine came up with Blue Z Kittles strain information, and it's talking about weed. Amazing. All right, not quite. You know, the more I eat this, the more it kind of just tastes like a rejected airhead. Yeah. I don't know. This is a weird problem to but have. Yeah, everywhere I look, there is blue. Oh, it, it's it's supposed to be blue raspberry. But blue raspberry isn't a fl- real flavor. Other stereotypically blue flavors and fruits 
get shuffled into the purple category. Think blueberries, grapes, and blackberries. Yeah, um, doesn't taste like raspberry. I oh like no, raspberries. this is this is the Spoon University thing. So yeah, oh, I think it's, okay. I think <laughs> okay. the I think the flavor is just blue. Okay, all right. Have I mean, some blue, s- a Skittle flavored Skittle. I off I go into crisis every time I go and order an icy at a movie theater because I'm always like, can I have? They're like, what flavor? And then I say blue, and nobody questions it. Not myself, <laughs> not anyone else. But there is yeah, something I mean, yeah, fundamentally wrong about that, like. <laughs> it's not though. What is it? What does it mean? Anyway. It was a cool mountain rush uh, Gatorade. Yeah, it's just a. It's a thing. It's ephemeral. It's. It's more about a lifestyle than it is. You about know how a you flavor. stick your tongue out when you're falling down a mountain? Make that a soda, or energy drink, whatever Shit. sport drink. Not an energy drink. We should probably start. Maybe. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna get this fucking skill out of my tooth. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna chew all this. I'm gonna spit it out. You chewed it for this long, and then you just... Well, I was work. It was too much work. It wasn't worth it. (laughs) 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 All right.